Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is For the Love of Film Podcast. On this episode, uh, I saw two films in the theater and then I revisited uh, another film on home video. I watched the documentary Hail Satan, question mark, John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, and then I rewatched Terry Gilliam's 1991 film, The Fisher King. Um, first off, I'll talk about Hail Satan, which uh, I got to see at Cinema Salem in Salem, Massachusetts, which is uh, just a little bit down the road from the Satanic Temple in Salem, Massachusetts, which is what it's the organization that the documentary is about for, you know, for tax purposes, they are, um, defined as a religion, but the satanic temple is a political group. They're not actually a religion. Um, they don't, despite their name, they don't actually worship Satan. They don't actually believe in the biblical Satan, and they've sort of co-opted him from the Christian faith. Uh, they, you know, they basically, you know, through through watching this documentary, you know, you learn that it's a, you know, they use it as a shock tactic, but uh, that and satanic imagery basically as a checks and balance for the separation of church and state, which is something, you know, that they fundamentally believe on it's believe in. It's something that the, this country was founded on. And so probably their most high profile, um, uh, news action so far has been, um, there are several States where a 10 commandments monument, has been attempted to be erected or has been erected on capital grounds, whatever state's capital grounds they are. And whenever that happens, they petition to have this uh, bronze statue of Baphomet, which is, you know, a uh, satanic image. Um, it's It's been slightly modified for this statue, but, um, you know, they're petitioning to have that put on, put up at, alongside it to show the balance and non non uh, partisan uh religious approval they're basically like if, if this christian image can go up in a a place that is for uh you know government work then other re- religions should be represented too and typically if if the request ends up getting withdrawn for the 10 commandments, they withdraw their own request as well. Um, you know, I didn't know much about it. Uh, I had heard about, um, the, the, the Baphomet statue and wanting to get it erected. Um, but I didn't know a whole lot about the purpose behind, uh, or the, the purpose of intent from behind the satanic temple until watching this documentary. So, it was certainly very informative, well made, uh, but also it's a fun documentary to watch. A lot of documentaries are kind of stale and uh, tight laced, and this is definitely definitely has fun humor elements to it. Uh, Penny Lane, the director, did did a great job. Um, they also focus on some of the positive things that the Satanic Temple 
does in their communities. It's currently has, uh, while they're based in Salem, Massachusetts, they have 13 chapters throughout the United States and they focused on some of the, you know, different things that the different factions do. Um, uh, right after I saw it, I actually have a friend who lives in Arizona who was uh, posting for the Arizona chapter. Um, they have a, a drive that they've done several times called menstruating with Satan, uh, which is, it's basically a drive to gather, um, feminine hygiene project products for lower income women who can't afford it, you know, um, sanitary napkins, uh, tampons, so on and so forth. And, uh, they've done several things like this, um, for their communities, uh, to help serve, those in need, uh, the, their biggest tenet is empathy f- towards everyone. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, it was a very interesting documentary, um, learning about the formation. I mean, it's a relatively new thing. I believe it's about seven years old, but, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend seeing the documentary Hail Satan if you get the chance. Uh, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, Certainly the most entertaining documentary I've seen thus far this year. So, I just saw John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum yesterday. And this is an interesting one because, uh, you know, I described it to some people who asked me what I thought it was. And I said, it was exactly what I expected it to be with zero surprises. So in that case, uh, it was sort of a disappointment for me. Um, not to say that I thought it was bad by any means, but, um, you know, I, I really liked John Wick, the first film, and then I enjoyed John Wick Chapter 2, which took some turns and basically developed the world that was introduced in the first film, blew it wide open. And this was the first film in the series that, didn't really offer anything new. It was, you know, it's, it's literally two hours and 10 minutes of, you know, gun and knife fights and, um, Keanu Reeves character, John Wick, just, um, continually barely escaping with his life after going through incredibly violent, uh, fights with various, assassins who are trying to kill him and then finding people who are uh, allies or supposed allies with him and working with them for a little while and then getting double crossed and triple crossed. And um, it's all, it's pretty much all action scenes. There's really no story to speak of. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of cameos, like one or two scenes by various actors who pop up to play these different different people in his life, and then they disappear. And I don't know. Um, I, I think if you enjoy the John Wick films, you'll probably like this if you're a big fan of action movies. It's very well done. It looks great. The production design is fantastic. And, you know, Keanu Reeves has, has trained very hard to be able to pull off these hand-to-hand uh uh, combat moves very effectively, very realistically, but there just wasn't, uh, 
I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of story to sink into for me. And so for that, for that reason, I was a bit disappointed, you know, it's set up directly for part four to come out and I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure this will make enough money that they'll keep doing it. But, and I'm sure I'll go see part four, but I'm also, it, it, to me, this just felt like another level in a video game. And, uh, you know, um, just wasn't, it, 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 it's not quite the type of film that, uh, I like at this point. So, um, yeah, on that level, for me, John Wick 3 was a little bit of a disappointment. I'd, I'd give it about a 6 out of 10. Uh, that's my dog voicing her disapproval of John Wick 3 as well. Um, and then uh, last Sunday, it was Mother's Day, and I sat and watched a movie with my mother. Um, I rewatched. Uh, Terry Gilliam's 1991 film, The Fisher King, which it probably for my money is my favorite Terry Gilliam film. It's, it's certainly the most accessible of his films. It was also coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, the first film where it's not based off an original idea of his. It was, uh, Richard LaGrames, uh, wrote the screenplay, uh, and it stars, uh, Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges plays a shock jock who inadvertently, uh, through his, his radio show, uh, affects the life of Terry Gilliam's character and he, he, who he doesn't know at the beginning of the film and, you know, the aftermath of, of the effects that he has on his life, um, take a dark turn for Terry for uh, Robin Williams character. And he is when he, when Robin Williams, eh, sorry, when Jeff Bridges encounters Robin Williams, he is a, he is a homeless man with a, you know, a, a, a personality split and he guilds Jeff Bridges with a, a quest to help him. And uh, it's really about the burgeoning friendship and it's a redemption tale for Jeff Bridges' character. Uh, um, amazing performances from both of the leads, as well as Mercedes Rule, who won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for this film. She plays Jeff Bridges' long-suffering girlfriend. Um, this is also probably Terry Gilliam's that is most reeled in as far as the fantastical elements. There are definitely some in this film, but compared to, you know, uh, Baron Munchausen and Time Bandits and later um, Dr. Parnass's Imaginarium, which I think I'm getting the title a little bit wrong, but that was Heath Ledger's final film, um, which have a lot of fantastical elements. This just has some minor ones. Um, it's also, it, it's probably his funniest film. It's, there's a lot of humor in it. Um, Great performances. Also, uh, Amanda Plummer and then Michael Jeter uh, in supporting roles. It just, uh, it's really a character study. It, 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 at the center of the film is the friendship between Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. And it's, you know, Robin Williams was nominated for Best 
actor for it and did not win for this film. But, you know, uh, Jeff Bridges, in my opinion, should have been nominated as well. This is one of his, the, 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 the best performances of his career, in my opinion, as well. Highly recommended, recommend The Fisher King. One of my favorite films. I love this film and it was great to watch it with my mom on Mother's Day. Uh, she thinks she had seen it years before, but didn't remember it. Uh, and she really enjoyed it again, as did my stepfather. So, you know, I would give The Fisher King a 10 out of 10. I, I love the film. There's nothing I don't like about the movie. And it's a film that I think everyone should watch. So that is this week's episode, short and sweet. But uh, those are the movies that I saw. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Bye.